Life is an epic journey. Live it unleashed. Hey, fellow journeyers, Jeremy here. Welcome back to the Living Unleashed podcast. You know, we are on an epic journey to discover and live life unleashed. God offers us a passionate life. This is a life that is defined by hope, filled with joy, marked by peace, and walks in freedom. Here at the Living Unleashed podcast, we are intentionally shaping our lives that we might experience this life that is unleashed. We're doing that here during season two of the Living Unleashed podcast by journeying with Luke. We've been traveling through the books of Luke and Acts, and today we are on Acts chapter six. Uh, If uh, you've been following along with this podcast, I really invite you to uh, share that with a friend, uh, invite others along on this journey. As we continue to travel together, as we go deeper in our relationship with, uh, with God, allowing Him to transform us, that we might be the kind of people that live unleashed, and so that we can share that life with others. We talked about that extensively yesterday in our podcast, uh, so if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I invite you to go back and listen to yesterday's podcast on Acts chapter 5, where we really fleshed out uh, more about this living unleashed um, life that we can have as we looked there in Acts chapter 5. But today we're going to jump into Acts chapter 6, and today's podcast is actually going to pick up on a theme uh, that'll carry us forward for the next two days, and that theme is on the life of Stephen. Uh, So let me kind of lay the groundwork here for what opens up, and what happens here is that um, there's a problem in the New Testament community here, this early church community there in Jerusalem. And the problem is, is there seems to be a discrepancy in how the widows are taken care of. Now, just to give you a real brief background, um, it was seen as really admirable, something you wanted to do to die in Jerusalem or to die in Israel, at least, but especially Jerusalem. So there were a lot of uh, folks that as they knew they were getting close to their lives, especially older men, who would travel back to Jerusalem and Israel if they were part of the diaspora and they had been spread to other countries, other places, they would travel back that they might die in the homeland, so to speak. Um, and that was seen as, as very much desired. What would happen, though, is this would leave widows, and these widows had to be ter- cared for. And there was a high value uh, in the Old Testament uh, to, to care for widows. And so the, the synagogues in Jerusalem did this. The uh, um, early church then ad- adopted this, even though in Gentile culture, uh, the Roman culture at the time, there wasn't a high value to take care of widows, but the early church had this, this uh, um, need, and, but, but it was becoming overwhelming, and it wasn't being done as well as it could have been. And, and Peter and the other apostles became aware of this, but they said, you know, we cannot, um, we cannot take away from the commission we've been given and that is to attend to the Word of God, because they were the primary witnesses to have seen the risen Jesus, uh, just so that he says, so we can wait on tables. Uh, so we need, to, we need to get some folks appointed. And, and so they got together, and we want, he says, we want someone who's full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. So notice, first of all, that the requirements were different than the requirements there in Acts chapter 1 when they were looking for a replacement for Judas. Uh, they wanted for that person had to be someone who had been with Jesus the entire time with the rest of them. Um, and someone who had witnessed and seen all that he had done, all that he had taught, and had witnessed his crucifixion and resurrection. Here, we want to find someone who is full of the Holy Spirit 
and who is full of wisdom. So it says uh, that they chose Stephen, there in verse 5, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we get down to verse 8, it says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Now, this is, this is I, I find it really kind of cool, because in, in, in the first part, part of this chapter, it's almost like we're designating chefs, cooks, people who are going to take care of this distribution of food. But then you end up with this guy who um, is full of the Holy Spirit, not only full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, but I mean, he's performing signs and wonders and is filled with God's grace and power. I mean, this is, I mean, this, this chef really cooks, you know, I mean, he really gets at it. And I think this is awesome and amazing because although there was a division of maybe daily job tasks uh, of what they were going to do and how they were going to go about the business and work that they were doing, what we find out about, about Stephen is that he is no less empowered. He's not a lesser individual. He's no less empowered by the Holy Spirit than, say, Peter was. I mean, Peter performed signs and miracles. Peter was wise. Peter suddenly was able to speak. We're going to find out tomorrow uh, when we look at um, Stephen and his speech before the Sanhedrin that uh, you know the Holy Spirit enables him to give a powerful message, uh, deliver a powerful message to the Sanhedrin. Um, th- th- he's full of this wisdom. And so these folks start arguing with um, start arguing with Stephen, uh, and then so it says in verse ten. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. I mean, like I said, this guy has been elected, nominated, appointed, however you want to phrase it, to be a chef, a cook. Uh, one who is over the distribution of food, whether he actually cooked it or not, it doesn't say. But I mean, Peter refers to it as waiting tables. Okay, um, and and so, but we quickly discover that this isn't a lesser role; it's not a subservient role. I mean, Stephen is still filled with wisdom. He's still filled with God's grace and power. He's doing signs and wonders because. What happens when the Holy Spirit is a part of our lives is we may have different ways that we live some things out, but when the Holy Spirit's a part of your life, the Holy Spirit's a part of your life. And and so he still has this wisdom. He still has this power. And it, it, it ends the chapter over in verse 15 by saying, All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. I mean, this this whole... This whole account here in chapter 6 and chapter 7 and into the first few verses of chapter 8 tell us how important of a figure Stephen was. And what is so awesome is how God uses Stephen, even though we might be tempted after the first few verses of chapter 6 to kind of brush these seven guys off as lesser or just, you know... Um, uh, help workers, whatever, you know, I mean, they're just the guys waiting the tables. No, every one of us is an important part of the mission that God is setting out to do. And, and it doesn't matter what your position is, apostle or cook. As a matter of fact, what we're going to discover tomorrow is that the speech that um, uh, Stephen gives of, and, and in a book that's filled with speeches, there in, 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 in the book of Acts, the speech that he gives is the longest recorded speech in the book of Acts. 
Uh, so, I mean, it's so important. And this is a guy who was just a cook, a chef. I mean, this chef can really get down to business. This chef can really make things happen. He's not just a whiz in the kitchen, okay? I mean, we have to see this because I think oftentimes we have a tendency to look down upon ourselves and in the position that we have. Um, and, and what we need to know and understand is that no matter what the differentiation is between what I do and you do, uh, the reality is, is that when the Holy Spirit is upon your life, you can be filled with wisdom, grace, and power. You can be filled, uh, the Holy Spirit can give you the words to say just as easily as he can give me the words to say. Uh, the Holy Spirit can work in you just as powerfully as he can work in me or the, or the next person down the road. It, it doesn't matter. Great things are still going to happen in you and through you. When you choose to live a life that's unleashed, live a life that's within the power of the Holy Spirit, no matter where it is that you've been assigned in life, wherever you find yourself, whatever your job is, however many people you do or do not come in contact with in a day, the Holy Spirit can empower you and use you in mighty and powerful ways. And and that's what we see here in Stephen. The, the This whole account, this whole account makes sure to emphasize how much it's the Holy Spirit, it's God's grace and power. It's it's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit that, that has been given to him. You and I can have that. See, that's about that's what it means to live unleashed. It means to have such a power at work in our lives through the Holy Spirit that God can do great things through us no matter what station in life we find ourselves in, no matter where we've been assigned, no matter where we've been placed, no matter what our sphere of influence is, God can use you just as powerfully as God can use me. And when we are living unleashed now, that's how he can use us. When we are living in leash, when we're living in the power of the Spirit, when we're walking obedient to Christ, hand in hand, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. When we are rejoicing and praying and giving thanks and, and trusting and having faith, when all those things are boiling up inside of us, God can do awesome and great things through you. There's nothing he can't do through you when you're living unleashed. And that's why God wants us to live unleashed. Okay, that's why God wants us to live in this manner, because he wants us to live with his power coursing through our veins. He wants us to live with his spirit guiding us and directing us. He wants the same resurrection power. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he says, is now alive and well in you. And that's what he wants for us. He wants you to live a life that's unleashed. He wants you to have a life that is defined by hope, filled with joy, marked by peace, and walks in freedom. No matter what station of life you might find yourself in, you are just as valuable and important to God as anyone else. And he can do so much through you. All he requires, all he requires is a humble heart that will submit to his lordship so he can unleash his power in you in a mighty way and do awesome and amazing things. So, hey, I hope you will return tomorrow as we continue to look at the life of Stephen. We're going to look at his speech before the Sanhedrin and how this all comes together. So I hope you'll join us for that. And as you go through this day, spread the word, share about this new life you're discovering in Jesus and, and the power of the Holy Spirit as you're living unleashed. And as always, I pray that you will keep on living unleashed.